Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now on today's episode, we'll be talking about working in strategy and planning at a large company. And to help us with that, our guest today is Leah Burnett. She is a former senior director for strategy and planning at Viacom. She specifically looked at content distribution management and Viacom, for those of you who are not familiar, is a large American media conglomerate. Uh, So Leah has been working there for a little over two years. She recently left to start her own company. Uh, But on today's episode, she's going to be sharing with us a lot of insights on really what it means to be working in strategy. Uh, Prior to Viacom, she worked in consulting, management consulting. She worked at BCG, Boston Consulting Group, and she's also worked in finance at UBS and Citigroup. In terms of her educational background, she has a bachelor's in electrical engineering from Georgia Tech, and she also has an MBA from the Wharton School. So yes, I hope you find the discussion with Leah helpful. Uh, Two quick things that I wanted to call out before we get into the discussion. Uh, One, as I always like to remind you, please sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already. That's where we share updates on new episodes as well as other resources. So if you haven't already, sign up for the newsletter on learneducatediscover.com. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that I am looking for people who can potentially help me with LED. And right now, there are basically three areas that I'm looking for help in. One is help with the website. So the website, learneducatediscover.com, needs a big rehaul. It can look a lot better than what it does today. So if you're interested in helping with that, please reach out to me. The other area that I'm looking for help in is with the podcast production process. It takes a lot of time in doing all the scheduling and then the actual editing and the publishing of the podcast. So that's another area that I'm looking for help in. It's uh, something interesting for people to learn if you're looking to put together your own podcast. And the third thing that I'm looking for help in is social media marketing. So these are three areas that I'm looking for help in. If any of these areas are of interest to you, please reach out to me at hello at learneducatediscover.com. I should point out that these are not paid gigs, unfortunately. LED is a free resource today. It's available to everyone, freely accessible. And so uh, I will not be able to pay you, unfortunately. But it is something which should help you pick up some interesting new skills. So if at all you're interested, please reach out to me at hello at learneducatediscover.com. All right, with that, now let's get into the discussion with Leah on strategy and planning. Hi, Sonali. Thanks for having me. Hey, Leah. Hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Hope all is well on your end. Yeah, things are well at my end. And I know that you've recently left Viacom to start your own company, so it must be exciting times for you. Yes, well, in a bit of a transition, focusing on independent consulting right now. Um, and it is, it's an exciting time since I spent most of my career in corporate, um, but really can't complain. Yeah, I might invite you once again to talk about this transition phase also. Um, <laughs> but this episode is focused on 
hearing from someone who is currently either working or has worked in strategy and planning at a large company, which you have. So uh, let's start with your career path. And I was looking at your profile at LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. you've done a lot of things. You were in finance, then you were in consulting, then you switched over to corporate. So walk us through your career path. And also, if you can briefly touch upon what were what was your thought process as you moved or made those transitions? Sure. Um, so just to go into a bit more t- detail as to what you pointed out um, from my LinkedIn profile. So I started out of undergrad in financial services, specifically in sales and trading. Um, and I had a focus on derivatives and structured products trading. Um, that part of my career lasted for about seven years and was split between, between Citigroup and UBS. Um, but I was actually there during the credit crisis around 2007, towards the end of that, uh, say, six, seven-year period. And I decided at that point that I felt I needed to broaden my skill set uh, in case there was some other downturn in the market. <laughs> yeah. um, I made the decision to go to business school. <laughs> hmm. But in the process of making the decision to go to business school, of course, the question I needed to answer was, well, what do I want to glean from that experience? And how do I want to segue after my two years is up? So you know, my main goal was to try to move into a strategy role. And, you know, there are different ways you can get into strategy through, say, rotational programs at large companies, um, management consulting, you could work in the advisory arm of a a PE uh, firm as well. But I decided that I wanted to get the traditional experience at a management consulting firm and went into BCG for a couple of years. Um, and then after that experience, I made the decision for more personal reasons to move into in-house strategy at Viacom for their Latin American arm. Um, again, very different uh, type of experience versus the management consulting. And just I'll quickly say the personal reasons were more about just the there was less travel that was required mm-hmm. in an in-house position. Um, and then secondly, I wanted to really get more operational experience. Um, when you're a management consultant, you tend to be brought into clients' um, businesses, but more of a project-based, isolated role. Um, but I was very curious after working with several clients over the two years at BCG to really try to gain a skill set on the operational side. So when I say that, it means you know, really trying to learn how to run a business line. Hmm. And, and then, as you noted, I, after a couple of years, decided to leave in-house and I'm, you know, again, in that transitional period at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's interesting. It sounds like you always wanted to get into strategy, or at least when you go, went to business school, that was your overall goal. And consulting was more of a way to get there. Absolutely. And I believe that, again, as I mentioned before, it's not management consulting was not the only route Mm -hmm. that I could have taken to get that strategy experience. But for me, I really felt that the the tailored process to the training uh, that most consultants and those firms received was really what I needed. I'd never been in a situation where I really had to structure incredibly large problems within a business setting. Mm -hmm. So I felt that their methodology obviously had been proven. um, Mm -hmm. So I felt that that was the best route for me to go. Makes sense. Makes sense. And can you also briefly touch upon the pros and cons of the various parts that you mentioned that someone could take in order to get into a strategy function? 
Sure. So just, to, okay. So you're saying back, back to my point about there being a few different routes yeah. to get into strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So like you mentioned that consulting is one way to get into strategy. Uh, you could have gone through a rotation program as an example or some other mm-hmm. thing. So if high level, is there a, you know, if someone is contemplating taking one of those parts, is there a framework that you can suggest to think about it? Sure. I would say that, again, it's a very personal decision. I believe that each route does have um, a few pros and a few cons. Uh, I would say you need to think about the time period in which you're willing to spend building up certain skill sets. So if your goal is to get to a general manager position at, say, like a, a consumer product um, company, then maybe it's a good idea for you to go into one of the rotational programs. And again, just to say CPG companies are well known for having these types of programs built out, but they do exist in other companies, say like a Siemens, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say that that timeline for really moving up the ranks, it tends to be a little bit longer. So the rotational programs do accelerate, uh, most candidates from my understanding to, senior positions, but is a bit of a longer road than, um, I believe other, the other routes that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. but also the exit opportunities are obviously very different across the three paths. So for the other two routes, management consulting and say working in the advisory arm of a PE firm, that's more difficult to segue maybe into a GM position if you wanted to. So, um, the exit opportunities are there depending on the level of seniority, but um, you know that I think those two routes really do focus more on, hey, we need to deliver on results very quickly. There's a client that we need to deliver results for just to prove um, you know our ROI is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the lifestyles are incredibly different. So much more fast pace. For a management consultant and anyone working in PE. Um, and I would say that you have plenty of opportunities when you come out to, to move into uh, you know, any type of industry that you may have built ex- expertise with to internally within management consulting and PE. I would say that actually with the last route doing advisory within PE, someone coming out of business school or someone who is not, say, a very seasoned professional within a particular industry or functional expertise, it's very hard to find those opportunities within PE. Um, but I think those opportunities are possible, but you would just expect that they would be fewer and farther between than the first two routes that I mentioned. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, this is super helpful. Thank you. Because that is a kind of question, you know, with someone who is listening to this podcast might have that, hey, I, I want to get into strategy. These are the various routes I can take. Which one should I take? So that's helpful. Thank you. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, so then let, let's talk about your function. So let's start with maybe you can describe high level. What does someone in strategy and planning at a, at a large company do? Okay, so I will first say that this role does exist at a lot of different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I believe that you won't find that much variation based on the fact that usually the roles look like, I think, two different flavors. One is you sit within an overarching strategy team. And by that, I mean, whatever type of company you're sitting in, there are usually multiple functions. So it could be sales, marketing, 
whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so you, you sometimes have a team that sits across all of them and or you have you know, particular business lines within sales and strategy sits on top of them. Now, the other flavor of the strategy role is somebody who actually sits within one of those business units. And just to clarify, when I was at Viacom, my role was actually a business line strategy mm-hmm. uh, person, but I worked incredibly closely with the overarching strategy team that sat on top of all of our business lines. Okay, so you know, depending on how big the company is, most likely they'll have multiple business units slash business lines. And so you could be working as part of the central sort of company-wide strategy team, or you might be more focused on a particular business line and sitting within that unit. Yes. And yeah. again, some companies have one or the other or both. Hmm. Um, so that said, I would say with the overarching overarching strategy position, your day-to-day or your responsibilities is really working on longer-term projects that span multiple business units or functions, which makes sense because um, obviously you have more purview across different business units and you can help optimize to move all of those groups in the right direction based on your observations. Mm. Um, And with the business line strategy person, I would say, they also have to be good at being a generalist from a functional perspective, like the the larger strategy team. Mm-hmm. But the business unit strategy person, I would say, would have to focus on strategic initiatives that help drive the day-to-day a bit more. So an example, example I can give you is when I was working with the sales team, the overarching strategy team wouldn't necessarily be worried about data management that would be helpful for the sales team to use in order to optimize how they're they're working in the field Hmm. but that would be more in my purview um, because again that's more of a day-to-day concern interesting so um so you're in terms of examples of what someone sitting in a business unit might work on versus the overarching team uh and you were you were more of a business unit focused person so you might do something like hey how how can we best optimize what kind of data we have and just your overall data strategy, which will in turn help your sales team sell more. And so that that's what a particular business unit person might focus on. Can you also share an example of what someone in the overarching strategy team might do, like example of a project? Sure. And the data management example was literally just one of the many things that yeah, a business yeah, sure. person could be working on. Yeah. Um, but for the other type of strategy person, let's say, let's say that there needs to be a huge investment made across um, the entire region. So we were in Latin America, for instance, Mm -hmm. and as you can imagine, we were focused on, Viacom is focused on content creation as well as, uh, you know, distributing that content. Um, and it requires obviously content creators. Uh, it requires technology to be involved. It requires salespeople, salespeople to be involved. Now there are going to be certain functions that there's input into making that decision about the investment in technology that will drive, right? What those recommendations are. So, you know, the overarching strategy team might come in and say, okay, this is how we envision the us needing to really interact with the teams to extract the type of information that we think is pertinent to making this final decision and they'll structure um, those recommendations and present it to senior management. Now, usually when they're 
presenting these types of major decisions, they're obviously working very closely with the business unit uh, strategy people as well to make sure that obviously everyone's aligned and then they essentially help move everyone as a whole together in the same direction. Gotcha, gotcha. So let, let's focus on the business unit focused strategy piece and because that's what you are more familiar with. Um, so follow up question to what you described in terms of the project you might work on. Uh, are these teams more aligned with functions? And so by that, what I mean is, you know, you're coming up with strategy for, uh, to help, let's say, sales sell more. And as part of that, you're looking at, you know, what to do with your data. Or you might help your marketing team figure out, okay, what can we do to improve the effectiveness of whatever marketing tools we're utilizing? Um, so are you, you working more functionally or are you more, you know, business focused? And so you might consider a question such as, if I'm the strategy person for this business unit, how do I increase the revenue by X percent? I believe that it's usually going to be a mix of it's functional. Um, you have strategy people, again, that could be sitting in, say, the cost centers, say, sitting in technology even sometimes. But they're usually going to be best utilized where you're obviously generating revenue, right? Hmm. So that said, um, you have a strategy person sitting within that team saying, yes, how can we work on actually meeting short-term targets? So, you know, there are budget targets that we have to meet. That's a short-term goal that we have to meet. Where are we not optimized? Um, and being not, it's not just about the function itself. There are so many different aspects of the operational, um, the operational pieces where again, strategy is a very broad umbrella. Mm -hmm. So you can, anything that you can optimize more, I think technically a strategy person person can touch. So if your processes um, are not optimal, uh, it could be anything from, Hey, the salespeople are having to manually input information or uh, in terms of client management, uh, we're not actually closing the loop in terms of getting feedback from the clients on a consistent basis. And we need to, to be more streamlined about that or mm -hmm. tracking uh, where we stand in negotiations for a particular client that could involve building a process. So I would say it, you become a jack of all trades. And, you know, that's why I kind of mentioned earlier that you have to be somewhat of a generalist. So let's say that you used to be focused, like you came in for management consulting, for instance, and you did a lot of say process optimization, that's very helpful, but you also need to be possibly need to start getting good at say organizational management. Oh, well, maybe you need to at some point um, recommend that you add additional resources to the team uh, or there's a new process that might require additional support and you need to be the eyes and ears for the team to make sure that whatever ideas that you think could get them to increase say sales ultimately after all of these um, pieces of the puzzles mm -hmm. or puzzle has been thought about uh, to get to say X percent more that you help, you know, help them execute. So you really do have to be a generalist. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So it can be pretty much across the board what you're working on. So another question is that um, the the strategy role, and I, I, and I completely understand that this is such a broad thing that it, I'm sure it varies a lot company to company, like if you were to look at all companies in the world. Uh, but generally, have you seen these roles to be uh, more owners of something or more influencers? And so by that, what I mean is, 
let's say you come up in the example that you shared let's say you come up with some uh, recommendations for how you can improve the way you're collecting data which will then in in turn help sales um do you then have to go through a process of influencing someone within the sales org let's say someone in sales ops who is actually implementing those recommendations or is that or is or is it completely up to you like you know you come up with your recommendation and then of course you have to get buy off and then you're and then you're doing it funny enough i would say when you're in a business line you're most likely help you usually are helping to execute okay versus say an overarching strategy person would be less likely to touch touch execution okay and you're also a decision maker so when those huge uh, or large um, cross-functional initiatives are pushed by the overarching strategy team, you're usually the person who's at the forefront helping to be the voice for the team um, from a strategic perspective. What you can and can't do and what you know, will be optimal for not just that team, but for everyone. Now, there are situations where there could be an idea generated within the business line where maybe the overarching team didn't think about it um, and you take it to them and you need to influence them, but you also need to maybe sometimes to build your case before you even go to anybody, say check in with other business units. Um, Cause again, as I mentioned, this particular business is, it's a big pipeline, mm. right? You know, content creation, distribution, you know, feed it back through. Um, and there are a lot of people involved. So that said, you end up being, I think, you, you end up wearing both hats. Gotcha. But like, just to clarify, and maybe I missed it. Who is the decision maker in each case? I honestly think it, it depends. It's very much so project dependent. Hmm. So there are situations where I personally had to lead distribution heavy initiatives that were actually cross-functional. And mind you, a lot of initiatives, it's very difficult to get them done without having other business units or uh, support teams involved. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to move the needle. If uh, Quite often, I couldn't make a move without, say, finance being involved or technology being involved. Mm -hmm. um, and that quite often, there were times where the overarching strategy team had to be involved, involved ad sales, and uh, at the end of the day, that those decisions in terms of ultimately because it was distribution led, then the SVP of my team who I was supporting would have the ultimate say. And then I would, you know, we would debate and then we would be the decision makers. But then there are other times where we're, we have just as equal of a say as someone sitting in, in another business unit. So think about long-term planning. Um, if, say a brand head wants to take a certain direction on creation because they've made certain observations in the market, you need to be able to uh, come to a consensus amongst different leads of different teams hmm. that have very strong views on their particular piece of the puzzle and find a way to, again, come to a consensus. So then everyone at that point is an influencer. And quite often in those situations, you're also executing in every single business unit. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, this is very helpful. And the reason I, I, I pushed on that a little bit is that if you if you see a lot of the newer tech firms, you know, something like Facebook, as an example, uh, if you have a lot of the actual decision making, or let's not say actual, the final decision making tends to happen within the engineering and the product teams. So and if mm -hmm. you are in a strategy function, you end up being much more of an influencer 
and of course you know you can be an excellent influencer but the final decision making happens within product so uh that's why i was wondering if if that's the case in 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 a more traditional company at like wirecom it sounds like it isn't so that's what i wanted to clarify Right. And I think part of that is because of the content piece, because content spans so many platforms. Mm. Um, it would be a bit more difficult to have the platforms do it. So have it in reverse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you have this content that needs to actually get strategically optimized across so many different platforms and formats. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, I, you've explained what you do very well, but very quickly, if you could just give a high level overview of the stages in a typical project, like what happens from beginning to end, from your point of view, what would you do in each, in a, in a sample project? Sure. So I, I kind of chuckle because um, I don't know if there is a typical project, <laughs> but I would say that there are common threads across most projects. So again, um, one thing, let me take a step back. So I would say, you know, the, the variety of projects that, that you could be touching in your role could be, um, again, say long-term planning. It could be, depending on how the teams are set up, um, quite often strategy teams have a close tie with their business development teams. And business development can mean two things. It can mean finding new opportunities. So that's a sales perspective or M&A opportunities. Um, and so you sometimes have the opportunity to work on acquisition targets. Hmm. Um, and then there are just a whole host of other types of projects that you could be working on. So that said, you can see that there's a wide range. Some of the common threads that I think you see are, um, one, you start off a project quite often with senior management presenting a problem that they're facing. So it could be maybe someone who sits on top of a business line, or it could be, say, I worked quite often with the C-suite for Latin America. So obviously, because they have the most purview for their business, um, quite often these problems would get surfaced by them. Yeah. And or again, as I mentioned before, it could be the strategy people that are saying, hey, we're seeing some some problems, we need to address them because they're becoming systematic. Hmm. Um, then I would say, with strategy, you are often defining the scope of the problem. Um, one of the problems that a lot of businesses face, as I've seen in my management consulting experience, is that a lot of problems could span for miles. Um, quite often, businesses can really not make progress on fixing the problem because they feel that it's this too much to really digest. Yeah. So strategy has to be very good at saying, hey, this is really where the, the problem ends and or this is the most reasonable point in which the business has a capacity to start resolving the most critical parts of the problem. Right, right. Um, I would say next you have the structuring of, of really like what the solution could look like and how you're going to go about addressing mm -hmm. those issues. So, right, you don't just go around and just ask a billion questions of everybody. It's really um, identifying well, hey, what are the key questions that we really need to, to get answered to vet with different business units to get to the right recommendations? And then there is definitely a delegation involved. So sometimes when it comes to uh, you know, doing certain analysis, you may do it yourself as a strategy person or you may have to delegate to the business units themselves. Hmm. Um, and then quite often what happens is you end up in a little bit of a, an iteration loop for how, however long, maybe yeah. it could be weeks, usually not months, but you're usually sitting there coming up with recommendations that you try to vet to make sure that 
what you're presenting is actually operationally viable. So you're going and you're speaking to different um, business representatives to make sure that they're on board. Because obviously there are also different incentive structures across teams um, based on their function, based on, again, you know, just other aspects of the business political interaction. And quite often you are taking all that information and very carefully, um, strategically also communicating that within slides, documentation that is, you know, executive friendly and informally, again, presenting to the business to make sure there is alignment because one of the biggest problems that a a company can face is when there's, again, these large initiatives and you don't want to have somebody at the last second say, hey, I don't actually agree with this point of view. And then finally, after a few iterations of going around, um, can hopefully come to a solution that everyone agrees upon and then work on executing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was, that was very, very helpful, very structured. Clearly, you're very good at structuring um, <laughs> something uh, vague and ambiguous. So uh, how are our teams structured in a similar way to consulting teams? I'm sorry, repeat that, Sonali? Are the, are the teams in like a typical strategy team, is it structured in a similar way to how consulting teams are structured? Hmm. I would say for the most part, yes. Where you have someone who serves as say like what the equivalent of an engagement manager slash project leader. Hmm. Um, you always have your senior people that are equate to principal slash partners. Right. Um, and they're usually working on obviously ideation, trying to make sure that they're surfacing problems that are really going to move the needle the most in terms of, you know, what, how much money is the business making or losing hmm. on problems they have or have not addressed. Um, and then you have obviously your the equivalent of your analysts that are working probably more on the um, heavy lifting, you know, the day-to-day analysis and slides, et cetera. Now they're quite often depending on how familiar a company or industry is with the strategy function. I would say sometimes that structure that I just described to you gets condensed in it and you may actually find some teams to be incredibly lean. Hmm. Um, so what I mean by that is, especially in traditional media, I believe that the strategy function is, is definitely a newer role. Uh, you have people in the business who never worked with a strategy person until maybe in the last five years. And, you know, that's a role where you really do have to convince the business that even though the team is not directly tied to sales, that they're proving um, that they're helping to drive change that is important across the business. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that brings up a, a question that I had for you, that how is, the, on what metrics is someone in the strategy function assessed? And that's a tricky question because it really, really depends on the team, on the company itself. Um, I would say that I've seen everything from, I would say there are a couple of factors involved. It could be seniority level. So I think regardless of function, whether strategy or sales, if you're running a team, usually there's going to be a bigger chunk of your incentive that's tied to what is the business, how is the business doing as a whole? So, you know, that could be tied to, to, let's say a, a complex formula across. Okay. If, if you're the, if you're the head strategy person, how did the sales teams perform? Um, you know, how much more business did they do? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they come up sometimes with these crazy formulas to say, okay, 
the strategy person should make X percent of what that team did because obviously the strategy person is supporting that revenue generating business line. Hmm. Um, and then sometimes, so in that sense, it, it seems more like a commission structure, right? Like a salesperson. Um, but then again, going back to seniority, as you go down the ranks in terms of like go more junior, then you move, I think, farther away from the commission, commission slash, you know, you need to hit a certain target in the business personally or by business line um, and maybe based more on salary. But that said, I've also seen structures where to incentivize all the teams to work together as a whole, you'll have, say, a group or, say, regional um, budget that you need to hit. So depending on how higher, you know, how much higher or lower that you are compared to that target, then you all get compensated, um, let's say, there's again another formula involved and part of that formula there's a component tied to the group um, performance as well interesting so. that's actually really good i i i wouldn't have guessed that someone in strategy uh like his or her performance is getting assessed based on actual numbers in terms of how much the business is generating even at junior levels but that that mm-hmm. that's great because then there's clearly direct connection between your work and and, and you know the actual output of the business Okay. Absolutely. And I think it's a really tricky uh, incentive structure to figure out. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, even when strategy people talk about um, contributions to the business, um, you know, the lines are murky. Uh, again, it's a team effort. And it, again, it's not ever clear cut as to who has what responsibilities. As I described to you, right, when you mm-hmm. go through um, a project, who has what responsibilities, um, at some point, even in, within what I described to you, sometimes there are responsibilities that the same responsibility will lie with the business unit, and then sometimes it will lie with the strategy person. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, like I said, it's, it's more based on the uh, company culture, uh, but it's very hairy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was that, you know, strategy as a function gets a bad rap sometimes because a lot of people have this uh, perception that, oh, well, you know, strategy, it's so uh, vague, like, who knows what you do in strategy, right? Like, uh, <laughs> you can call anything strategy. So, uh, which I, I'm sure you did really, really good work. But um, <laughs> a question that I have for you is that what makes a good strategy function? So if, if I'm a candidate, and I want to do strategy, and I am evaluating my options, what's a good way to figure out that, okay, this this, this sounds like a meaty role. So, so would you like to talk more about what sounds like a good strategy yeah. role or like yeah, what both. it takes to be a good strategy person? No. Um, so we'll talk about what it takes to be good at strategy. That's a separate question. But more about what makes a good strategy role and then okay. what's a good way to figure that out. Because like, again, okay. like as you said, right, like there's so many moving parts. So, there's a fair amount of strategizing, I guess. And then there's a lot of operations. There's a lot right. of this collaboration that you have to do with other functions. As you're, you're clearly, you know, reiterating the, the importance of the company culture, right? So that, that I'm sure impacts a lot of what you can get done. So mm-hmm. what makes a good strategy f- function first? And then how do you figure that out? Sure. So um, <laughs> I would say that you need to, and actually I would give this advice regardless of what type of job you're looking for, but I would say you really need to speak with, if there is a strategy team that already exists, try to speak with people who are on the team 
and talk to them about the types of projects that they do. Um, and also, uh, very similar to the question you asked me about, well, how much can they influence decisions? It's incredibly important because you don't want to be on a team where you end up doing a lot of work. And it can be a lot of good work, but um, because maybe senior management has not, quote unquote, given their blessing on um, the strategy team, you know, being able to make recommendations or to change the direction of a certain business unit, um, quite often you may find that at the end of the day, you may have a business line that always has more clout than the strategy team. So a lot of those great recommendations may go on the trash, hmm. um, which you wonder, okay, well, then why is there a strategy team? But it does happen. I've, I've heard of it happening. Um, I would say that, but on the other hand, you could have a situation where your strategy team may end up doing too much of the day-to-day that really should live with the business unit um, because in some roles, the strategy team is kind of treated as a catch-all. Mm. Um, and I told you that quite often because of maybe capacity constraints or corporate culture, um, you know, the, the strategic piece of what may be expected to live within a business line just can't naturally. So then you bring in a, a strategy team, but sometimes if the mandate of the strategy team is not clearly defined to the business unit and the lines are always blurry with a strategy team, um, I've also seen situations where maybe uh, the business unit is just handing off work uh, to the strategy team when really it probably shouldn't live with them. Yeah. So you know, I would just say to make sure that obviously you talk to strategy people, but also talk to maybe other functions where you, they would technically be your internal clients and just see really, you know, what's the day-to-day interaction like? Ask them about um, how do you all interact on a day-to-day basis, but also how do you interact uh, in, on longer-term initiatives? Uh, who's responsible for ideation? Is it more of a partnership or is there a dictation hmm. by one particular team? Um, and then you can get a sense for, well, how is the work of that strategy team going to be valued by the business? How much influence will you have? Yeah, no, those are very good points. Okay. So in, in your opinion, what do you think are the most interesting or the best aspects of working in strategy? Wow, there's so many. Uh, I would say, well, there are problems that maybe have been solved in the past, but maybe in a completely different um, environment, right? A set of circumstances. And, you know, maybe because of disruptions in the industry um, or just, you know, the ecosystem is morphing, you get to maybe revisit some of those uh, problems. And really, sometimes the solution could be very incredibly business critical, right? As to, and not to sound melodramatic, but um, the success of the business long term uh, could really lie with how are you thinking about the business today? Um, And I would say, just by nature of needing to be in that mindset, you are required to really be up on, uh, you know, what's happening with trends in your industry, um, you know, what's happening with the big players, uh, thinking about business development opportunities, you know, who are going to be your target clients uh, over, you know, X number of months or years. Um, how do you, tra- how do you, how are you thinking about transforming the business to maintain competitive advantages and, or to, get new advantages. Um, there's just this, uh, obviously, wealth of um, advantages that maybe a business could go after, but you get to decide 
okay, what's worthwhile and what's not? Where is a company um, potentially not getting as much ROI? And you're helping to helping senior management to answer those questions um, in a very thoughtful way. You know, you get to pull in a lot of external um, external input, and that's an ongoing process. It's not just hey we do this isolated project today, it's, you could, if you did that, you would just be um, creating an obsolete answer. Hmm. So it really keeps you on your toes and you never get bored, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. So, I mean, you're clearly working on very interesting business critical problems, yeah. which have a lot of impact. It also sounds like that you're typically working with a with, with fairly senior people, right? Like your clients are what VP and above, like, I mean, the titles vary so much company to company, but it's a fairly right. senior level person, right? Usually, yes. When you're making those types of decisions, so whether it's, it may not be, say, C-suite for whatever part of the company you're in. Usually, I would say someone sitting at the table is going to have a, a you know director slash SVP role. Um, essentially what, however it's called in that company that you're interested in, it's the person that's running a business unit. Yeah. Usually they will be somewhere around. Yeah. Um, and again, these decisions are usually pretty weighty. So, uh, if you're in a strategy role is not to do something that's mundane, it's really to make major decisions for the business. Mm-hmm. And are there any aspects that you do not like about this job? Um, I would say it's something that is just going to, it's just the nature of strategy more than it particularly being an issue with just in-house strategy is, uh, really trying to politically maneuver. Um, and what I mean by that is you have to go into a business understanding or at least trying to gain an understanding of what is the history or the evolution of a particular business unit? What has been the evolution of the relationships amongst the different teams? Um, you know, understanding the history of how leadership became to be what it is. And all of these things are very important because when you go to, say, try to work or to partner with certain teams, when you are trying to extract information or you're trying to come to a consensus or to create recommendations and to get political buy-in from the business units um, to present to other senior managers. Sometimes if you don't understand the context that's there, you may end up having some difficulties with coming up with, again, uh, viable solutions for the business because, you know, you really need to um, take a step back and carefully position uh, the way that you're approaching those business units. So I would say that it's not that I don't like that, but I would say it's probably the most difficult part of the job. Hmm. Um, you get better and better, obviously, as <laughs> the longer you spend time with the company you're with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and are, are, I was going to ask you, are there any aspects that you find challenging? Uh, would your answer be the same? or Because you know, a lot of times you, you may not like something. It may not be the hardest thing. You just don't like it. Um but are there, is there anything else that you think is particularly hard about this function? I would say sometimes you do end up, because of the strategy skill set, sometimes you probably end up having to help to um, 
manage fire drills. So it could be something like, okay, the business doesn't necessarily have, always have an understanding of what it takes to accomplish certain requests. And what I mean by that is, let's say that there's a um, some kind of initiative, let's say you're looking at an acquisition or a partnership, market entry, and maybe the decision needs to be made in two days. But um, I think sometimes there's an issue with the business being able to kind of high level scope what they need strategy to do. And strategy obviously has a skill set to know how to scope that out. But sometimes those ideals don't meet in the middle. And there's this idea, I think, that strategy kind of can do work in obviously very high stress environments, but um, sometimes it's more than I think what some would expect in house. Regard, you could be in a very uh, relaxed industry, mm-hmm. but I would say that's something that is hard to escape in a strategy role. Oh, interesting. So strategy, like it can get stressful at times. Oh, absolutely. So if you think about. Um, Sometimes there are internal discussions that just need to happen because maybe um, a senior person in another part of the business is going to go speak to a client that actually is a global client. And, hey, that means that maybe that senior person needs to get context from other parts of the business as to to strategically be able to best negotiate with the client. Um, That's an example, right, where maybe that wasn't an issue two days ago, but... um, that's something that needs to be addressed. Mm. Uh, and that's just an example, but it just, it, there's such a range of topics again and projects that strategy works on. I think that the role in general, regardless of where you do it, that will always be part of the nature of the role. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys are being viewed more as problem solvers, like very effective problem solvers. Like whenever there's like a last moment problem, you call upon someone from the strategy team to help you out. Exactly. And I think rightfully so, um, the business gets a little comfortable with, Mm -hmm. usually businesses probably get comfortable with their strategy teams being able to um, support them when they may or may not have the people with the skill sets to help them, uh, you know, come up with an answer that they need. But again, there are pros and cons and and con (laughs) might be one of, uh, that's probably the main one I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you think there are any common misconceptions amongst people who are outside this function about about the function? I would say that um, something I've heard, so I've, I've been curious and asked that question of friends and colleagues who are in and outside of strategy teams. So maybe friends or colleagues who are internal clients of strategy teams. And I would say, Two things I usually see are one is uh, the point about the strategy team being a catch-all. Mm. So if you know there's something difficult that needs to be done, difficult is a very broad term. Maybe we just give it to the strategy team mm. um, because I'm not. It, it sometimes usually the mandate of a strategy team is undefined, as you mentioned, right? And it is the responsibility of senior manage or senior management to communicate down to um, the business as a whole what their purpose is. Um, so they could get overworked that way. But that all said, um, I think another misconception is that in companies where strategy is done in a silo, and what I mean by that is they don't 
necessarily have as much interaction with the business units. Mm-hmm. Um, quite often, the business units lose faith in strategy being able to help them come up with viable solutions for a problem because what happens is that uh, you may have a team that a strategy team that veers towards more a think tank mm. um, that doesn't necessarily sanity check their ideas of the business like hey you need to go talk to the person who's been doing you know sales or x y and z for this long or has interactions with the client um, and get their feedback and their buy-in and so what happens in those situations is you have people who think oh strategy is just it's just really like the glamorous part of what we don't get to do or what we would like to do, but strategy doesn't have their ear to the ground in terms of what it takes to actually move the business forward. And I would say, um, you know, personally, I believe having strategy background that regardless of what setup you see, I don't believe strategy is strategy if it's not operationally executable. Right, 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 right. Okay. So uh, just a few more questions then from the point of view of someone who is interested in getting into this function. So, uh, what do you think are some of the critical skills or qualities someone needs to have in order to do well in strategy or be a good strategy person? I would say that uh, you definitely need to be incredibly detailed oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be flexible and resourceful in terms of, um, you know, quite often you find yourself in situations where a decision needs to be made and you need to find a way to make it in the face of limited information. Um, so being creative in terms of finding proxies, um, finding people who have a certain knowledge where you may not or expertise. Um, I would say you need to be really good at time management. And one of the most important aspects I think is empathy and, or sympathy. And, you know, going back to my comment about just, in order for you to position uh, your interactions properly with your internal clients, or even those that may not be clients, but they're necessary input to what you need to provide to your internal client, um, you know, you need to be able to understand other people's points of view. And that, for instance, the business is not necessarily there for you to uh, just pump for information, right? And just even understanding that, hey, this particular person within this business unit has a day job. You know, they, they have mandates that they must meet um, based on the targets that, you know, the head of their group has set. And then you're going to them and asking them for additional information or for additional assistance on something that they may or may not have purview into um, in terms of the project that you're working on. So uh, again, just having that point of view is really important. I see. Okay. So I, I'm going to push you on this just a little bit. Uh, and that is because, you know, one of the, um, you know, one of the, the, the reason I ask this question is because a lot of times people are confused about, you know, one path versus another, right? So let's say they were confused between doing strategy versus, uh, I'm not sure, business development, let's say, right? And, mm-hmm. and so some of the things, you know, around time management and, uh, you know, being flexible and resourceful, you could say that, you know, that's the kind of thing which can help you in a lot of other jobs also, which is totally fair. Uh, but if you can share some things which you think are very specific to this function or, or or definitely critical. So as an example, just based on what I heard in this discussion, 
you might say that well you know you need to be good with data uh, and, and let's assume you're someone who is uh, relatively early in your career so we're not talking about someone who's heading up the strategy team uh, but mm-hmm. someone who's you know somewhere either joining the team or mid level so that mm-hmm. maybe you need to be really good with data or maybe you're someone who who is able to find patterns let's say so you're good at pattern recognition in order to be able to say well you know what here's where the industry is headed so at least you're able to do some sort of an uh, qualitative and quantitative analysis like that so do you think mm-hmm. there are any qualities like that i would say yeah i agree with your point about um you always have to be very good with data and whether it's quantitative or qualitative um the management of that data so for instance collecting the data managing the data um slicing it um you know and analyzing it and manipulating it in a way to where you're doing it in a very clean way mm-hmm. um and you know that data management is obviously like a broad term but uh and it's, it depends on the type of project but sometimes maybe statistical analysis is needed or maybe um you know some type of financial modeling is needed um but either way you have to be very good with um working usually with large amounts of data yeah <coughs> excuse me um i would say you need to be incredibly detail oriented in in terms mm-hmm. of right. even when you're communicating mm-hmm. um i would say you, it's very easy to uh to also just kind of dump a lot of information into doc- documents or emails but quite frankly even at the the lowest levels um of strategy you have to be very concise with your messaging um because as you can imagine if you're solving all of these very important problems for the business again one of your biggest roles there is to help the business slice through these very large seemingly amorphous problems on the front end mm-hmm. and to help them also understand the direction in which they need to go so being concise with your messages is also very important makes sense okay all right so um you you met uh, right at the beginning of the conversation you had mentioned a couple of different paths that someone can take to get into strategy um and it sounds like in terms of background you you have to have an mba right or or do you see any other backgrounds also well you have even in the consulting firms you have younger people let's say the associate slash analyst level that come in and they don't have any type of obviously like formalized training mm-hmm. um so some start there i would say within in-house strategy roles that's more rare um, you usually see people come in with an mba um and or some other advanced degree and you see people who may come in from it's more rare but you may see someone come in who was sitting within a business line but had more of an operational role and then because of the expertise they have so let's say you were doing ad sales um and you were doing ad sales finance and you roll into say like ad sales strategy uh i would also say there's some situations where you maybe have someone who had an investment banking background and they were working on corporate development um and you know basically started moving down the spectrum of hey we're doing a little bit of m&a such corporate development but that meant they're working closely with the strategy team and then maybe eventually they roll into strategy. Mm. Um so there there are a few different routes but it doesn't necessarily mean you had to come in with an MBA but usually that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And would you would you recommend any resources f- uh, to people who are looking to a either understand the function more and b prepare for interviews and such? More than anything, you need to focus on finding resources tied to the industry of your particular interest. Mm-hmm. Understand, um, you know, who are the players and and. By resources, I mean you go and find the trade publications for that particular industry, um, and you you would focus on that more than say the functional aspect of say, hey, is there is there some publication specifically for strategy? Now, okay. from a functional perspective, I think uh, you know great resources actually checking out different publications from consulting firms, and you know I'll give one example from BCG. Uh, they put out interest pieces tied to industry trends and say paradigm shifts across the matrix of industries and functions that they do business in. So, you know, it was something called like business BCG perspectives. And I'm pretty sure that some of the other consulting firms have something similar. And th- this really helpful to think about, Hey, how, what are the issues that are top of mind for say, again, the cross section of industry and function. But I think in general, at the end of the day, you really just need to understand the mechanics of how the industry works. So, you know, how is revenue generated and again, what disruptions are and where could you see yourself fitting and where there's actually like longevity in the place that, you see yourself fitting within that ecosystem. Yeah. That that is that's a really good point, and I'm guessing that's what is probably tested during your interview, also, correct? Like, what level of understanding and insight can you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So let's say I am interested in working in strategy, but mm-hmm. I am not hundred percent sure in terms of whether this is the right thing for me. So is there is there a good way for me to figure it out? One is I'm sure an internship kind of route. Um, but may- maybe that's not an option for you. Uh, what else can you do? Well, it's... Strategy is an ideal that, again, I believe transcends functions and industries. And if you think about it, right, the highest levels, uh, such as like C-suite, companies and the heads of different groups, like they have to do strategy, right? It's just, you may not see that in their title, um, but it's something that exists in a lot of other roles. So if for some reason you don't necessarily want to um, go into a strategy role specifically, and maybe again, it's about work-life balance, or um, maybe you want to have be more hands-on with operations, um, or maybe you just enjoy doing sales more and actually getting out, being in the field and talking to people than say supporting the role, there's a lot of opportunity for someone I think to be successful in another function where they have a strategic lean. And what do I mean by that? I find more often than not, a lot of functions, again, it doesn't even matter what industry, they are more focused on the day-to-day. And again, that's how a lot of incentive structures are just built. It's like, okay, there are targets to hit. Usually you're looking at annual targets and a lot of these roles end up becoming very operationally heavy um, to meet those targets. So um, to sit back and think about, hey, even though I'm not being incentivized to hit this particular target 
in five years, how can I think about doing this job better by thinking past what my current incentive structure is and think about the long term and do that on an ongoing basis. So I would say that you can really do anything that you want to, any function, um, and you can decide as to where you want to sit in terms of the spectrum of how much strategy you want to integrate into your day to day. I see. Okay. So it's, it's almost like why not use your current job as an, as an opportunity to see whether you have a strategic bent of mind or not. No, absolutely. And I would say to be fair, it is going to be harder if you're sitting in a role that's a support role or just say, let's say a cost center. Mm. Um, so by that, like you said, I mentioned finance and you know, there are a lot of other roles out there. Sometimes it's just much harder to think about it from that perspective or to gain a, a forum to be able to express your ideas. Um, you know, you could be in legal and maybe, and I've actually had this experience where I've worked with some support teams and they, a lot of people I worked with were very creative and very strategic in the way they thought they weren't necessarily on the strategy team, but they brought some really great ideas to the table Mm -hmm. because they held themselves to that standard. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Leah. I took a lot of your time, even though it's, it's late in the night for you now. So I really appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. Uh, any any parting advice you'd like to share, you know, either about strategy or even general career advice with someone who's still, you know, early in their career and trying to figure stuff out? I would say if you happen to have a strategy team and or know somebody in a strategy role in your particular company, you know, grab a coffee with them, um, you know, talk to them about what their day to day is like. Uh, and if possible, you know, just reach out to maybe other parts of your network where you have somebody that you can speak to about that role as well. Um, but really, I think if you have not been in a role like that before, try to gain an understanding of what time commitment there will be on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, from a lifestyle perspective, if that's something you like to do. But first and foremost, make sure that if you're somebody who's mid-career and looking to go into strategy, be more particular about the industry Mm. um, because it does get very difficult past a certain seniority level to hopscotch across industries and to be able to be as effective in a strategy role because you have to start developing more of an expertise in that industry to obviously provide helpful um, commentary. Right. But, but I would say if you're just, you're younger, you're right out of undergrad, you know, kind of, focus more on the just getting the strategy experience because there's so many skill sets that are necessary to like I said you know the communication PowerPoints Excel um, analysis those are skill sets that you could learn in any industry um, within that strategy role and focus on that and then like I said then just start focusing on the industry itself I'm sorry on the strategy uh, function itself okay All right. Thank you so much, Leah. This was wonderful. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave, do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website, learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. 
Of course, if you have any questions at all or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us. Just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. Or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye-bye.